1: welcome to another episode of lost in science and boy is it great to be in your listening device ah uh, my name is Chris and joining me as always I have my stalwart colleagues <laughs>
2: Claire and Stu how
1: are you guys
0: yeah good I um, more stall than wart let's just say
2: I'm I'm sticking with I'm sticking with the wart myself so <laughs>
1: Fantastic, fantastic. I think
2: either side of that
1: word is not worth breaking up. It doesn't, it doesn't really, just stick with the stalwart. Anyway, um, these these wonderful people have some great stories for us to uh, entertain and inform. Um, infotain, infotain, if you will, or enterform. Uh, Claire, what are you going to enterform with us with today?
0: Well, um, this is a... Interform, uh, maybe a little bit of edu-interform, yeah, I don't know. Um, But, Chris, tell me, have you seen in the shops recently there is, you know, in the large retailers, you might see some clothes that are being labelled as being made with recycled plastic or recycled polyester and recycled cotton? Um.
1: Look, you probably know that I don't get too many clothing shops. <laughs> okay. um, Maybe you're the wrong I, person to
0: ask. I'm um, wearing
1: this. Last, thing, last exciting thing I saw at the shops was a, a loaf of a scone loaf, like a whole loaf of scone. <laughs> and that blew my mind. But uh, okay. no, okay. recycled great. recycled plastic clothing.
0: Yeah, recycled plastic clothing. Um, it's showing up all over the place. Um, and I wanted to know, I guess, you know, how this is being done. Is it a sustainable practice? How do people recycle clothing? Um, What are the processes around it? Um, And there's a great article in the conversation about it recently, so I um, did a little bit more digging, and I'm going to tell you all about it.
1: Well, that is amazing, Uh, Claire. Not recycling the news, but uh, bringing something new out of bits that she's found elsewhere. So (laughs) it's...
0: (laughs) It's the metaphor that won't give up.
1: It is exactly it's um it is just like a simile uh well I look forward to that. Stu what have you got for us?
2: Um well I was uh reading some news this week and uh discovering a little bit about the diversity that can be found in sex chromosomes in humans and I think you know anyone who is you know a high school graduate and and past biology would probably know that we were taught that uh People with XX chromosomes are female and people with XY chromosomes are male. Obviously, this is only a fraction of the truth. And I'm going to look into some of the reality of the actual diversity that is there in sex chromosomes in people. And it's um, interesting stuff. Uh, And also, not that many people are aware of of the variations that they may possess themselves too.
1: Fantastic. Uh so there could be some surprises lurking in your um twenty three and me, or should that be twenty six and me? It depending on what your particular mix is. No?
2: I don't think it quite works that way, but yeah, it, it might it, you know, if you if you get the right tests you could find out something that you didn't already know. But yeah, I'll talk about why why that is and, and what it means.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you both. Um, these are sounds like some amazing information inter, interforming for your mind. Um, on with the show. I think we're lost. We're not lost. Not even any short-range radio signals yet? Except for a single, very powerful radio emission. Of course, a transmitter of that sort isn't exactly standard equipment. The science and technology must be absolutely mind-boggling. Of course, that's
0: uh, mostly on the theoretical side. Well, so far... Across Australia on the Community Radio Network, you're listening to Lost in Science. So have either of you been to the shops lately? Uh, Maybe you've seen items of clothing for sale that claim to be made out of recycled materials, maybe a polar fleece. Not saying that, you know, you two definitely will go to the shops to buy polar fleece or anything, but... I've
1: heard of this concept, yeah, the idea that polar fleeces can be made from milk bottles and stuff. Yes. I mean, yes. It,
2: you know, they are They and, are plastics. So, you know, a, mm. a lot of plastics can be recycled into other plastics. I just didn't make the connection that they could be wearable plastics. I mean, it's not derelict. That's right. Not derelict from Zoolander where you're wearing actual garbage.
0: No, no. Um, they are sort of recycled into material. Sounds pretty good um there you know maybe maybe there's a pair of shoes that contain recycled plastics um but where i don't know i mean i've i've been wondering where these recycled plastics and cotton's are coming from how the process of recycling these materials actually happens because you know fashion and clothing it seems to be one of the last industries where materials are efficiently and effectively recycled like We've got a lot of bins out there now, and we've got a lot of processes um, through through e-waste and soft plastic rubbish, and a lot of processes to be able to recycle. But when when it comes to our fashion, it's really lagging behind the rest, and um, you know there is a reason for this, um, and and it's because it, it is quite hard to recycle clothes. They're made of a lot of different things, so. I'm going to explain a little bit about that and where we're up to in this process. So first of all, this idea of recycled polyester and like you're talking about um, recycling plastics and also recycling cotton. So brands like H&M and Cotton On, they advertise quite a lot about their the fact that they're using these recycled cottons and polyesters. Oh. It's, it's pretty consistent. And they lean on it quite heavily, um, you know, when they're talking about their sustainability cred. Um, but one thing to note here is that, you know, this recycled polyester um, and, you know, often the cotton, um, it's 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 not always... Well, it, it, it doesn't always come from recycled clothes. So just like Stu said, it's coming from... Other things other disposable plastics like water bottles and milk bottles and those types of things um, the way that this happens is that recycling so plastic bottles and you know uh, milk bottles are collected for recycling so the caps are removed they're sorted by color the bottles are cleaned and sterilized and the plastic is dried, and then it's sort of shredded into these small flakes. So the idea is you need to turn it into, you need to take it from a bottle and then turn it into like um, like a thread, and then you need to use that thread to weave it to to make a fabric. So you shred it into small flakes, which are then melted, because you can melt plastic, and then they, um, they undergo something called extrusion or sort of like, you know, squeezed and and um and <laughs> what's the word for it sort of threaded turned into a thread
2: yeah i mean that's extrusions a pretty common plastic yeah. process but i think um i think i did watch willy wonka the other week and it's i think they had an extrusion room in that but it wasn't plastic it was candy that they were extruding yeah candy
0: oh yeah is yeah. it just
1: like stretching is that the word you're looking for yeah
0: yeah well stretching and um yeah, stretching. All right, okay. I, th- cool I think I think how it works nice is, on that
2: is that it gets pulled out of a sort of molten plastic blob. Yes, and it gets stretched and it cools as it stretches, and there and then it's a thread. It does. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I can imagine um, you can extrude um, sugar and candy quite easily, yeah. and that sounds a lot tastier than <laughs> extruding plastic. Um, but in this case, we're extruding plastic and turning it into yarn which is then spun into thread and then you've got this thread that's then woven into fabric rolls, which you can then use to sew and create new clothes.
1: Thanks to the magic of the friction between the fibers, as we discussed last as week. We discussed Just a call back there, week. I want to throw that, yeah.
0: That's right. And um, make sure you go onto our social medias because Chris has got a wonderful video of um, amazing. of that experiment taking place in real time. Amazing. Yeah shout out to last week. Um, Anyway, so this sounds like a great way to address the plastic bottle problem and, you know, plastic pollution. However, just to note here, you're not really doing anything about um, recycling polyester clothes. And polyester clothes make up something like 60% of all clothes sold um, in fashion around the world. So you might be, you know, recycling polyester, but really you're not um, making much of a dent in the fast fashion industry, and you're not able to sort of take any of those clothes, any of those sort of polyester clothes, and turn them into anything else. So they still end up in landfill. And another thing to note here is you know, there's an unknown impact of microplastics, um, and you know, how much microplastic from this um, extrusion method. And, um, you know, leaching out of fabrics um, from these recycled materials, both in the production of them and during their life cycle, um, is, is an area that's currently being researched. So, you know, we understand that some microplastics, every time you wash something polyester, there's a certain number of microplastics that get, you know, cleared into the ocean. So, you know, that's it's not great either. So there, so there you go just in terms of recycled plastics um, and recycled cotton, on the other hand, it's usually made from manufacturing waste or old cotton clothing, so scraps of material cotton that are broken down and shredded up. However, so you, know, you, you, you break down old cotton, you shred it all up, however when you do this, when you shred it all up, the fibres become shorter through the shredding process. So um, when you try to sort of like turn them back into a yarn again, these fibers um, are much lower in quality. Um, So recycled cotton is often, you know, you've, you've got a certain proportion of it that's recycled, but inevitably you have to feed back in what's called virgin cotton, or cotton that, you know, isn't recycled, that comes straight from the plant. Or you need to add something like a polyester back in there to then spin them into you know, a yarn, something that's going to hold together so then you can then weave them into new fabrics um, and then make clothes with them. So if you're putting in a polyester, for example, then you've got a mix of polyester and cotton um, and you've got a garment that can't undergo that process of recycling again because it's mixed with two different things. And you can't undergo the same sort of shredding and re sort of uh, recycling that happens like that. So, yeah, there's, there's complexity. There's a lot of complexity in this fashion industry and the recycling components. You know, I mean, if, if you think about it and, you know, your favourite jacket, it might have so many different materials. It's got buttons, it's got zippers. Um, and if you want to recycle this garment, you need to dismantle the whole thing. Um, they need to be separated, and that involves labour and it is expensive. So, you know, at the moment we're also struggling in recycling terms with dealing with this uh, issue of how of of labour and cost just to just to deal with recycling. Um, so, what ends up happening with a lot of garments is they are often uh, air quotes recycled into something called shoddy. <laughs> Which, which is as it sounds. It's it's just shredded up clothes, um, and they're turned into things, other other products like um, low quality in insulation and stuff like that. So it's not really recycling. It's just you know turning it into a low a low quality thing. It's it's more like re- yeah.
2: repurposing than recycling. It is, isn't know? it?
0: Yeah. It's like the time I tried to make um, a rag rug out of old um, old clothes, and it just didn't go very well. <laughs> it was a shoddy rug, let me tell you. Um, there there are some innovations and in technologies in the field though. This company it's called Blocktex, um, and it's developing. A way to recycle fibres from blended fabrics. So you know, like I was saying before, you've got polyester and cotton that are blended into the same fabric. This block text company, they um, they can separate the cellulose, which is you know the cotton and the linen, from the polyester um, and the textiles. So they can they can actually separate them and get started on you know. Taking them through their own sort of recycling process. Um, and then another company called evernew I don't know how to pronounce that, evernew Oh, Evernew! Oh, I get it now. EverNew <laughs> without any <laughs> E V R N U has developed a type of lyocell that is a type of material. was has been made entirely from textile and clothing waste and there's um there's also something called biological recycling so this is when fiber waste from cotton is composted to become fertilizer for new cotton crops so that's you know that's a great innovation which you know seems like a no-brainer for me and but you know although there's been a lot of these improvements and advances in fashion and clothing recycle there's and clothing recycling is really um, a long way to go. So certainly next time you go to buy something, whether that be a polar fleece or, um, or anything else, just remember um, there is a lot more evidence and a lot more um, reason out there for you to reduce the amount of clothing that you're buying and reuse the clothing that you're buying before you recycle the clothing.
2: Science. The final frontier. These are the voyages of lost in science, our ongoing mission to explain strange new words, to seek out new science and new explanations, to boldly go where no radio has gone before. often discussions in the media and especially in social media about science and sex where it relates to uh you know gender issues uh where some people claim that men is men and women is women and never the twain shall meet or something along those lines and i know claire has talked about the scientific basis of sex markers in humans and in other animals um and how there's not necessarily that was a while ago it was it's a big it's a deep cut Mm. that one um, there's not necessarily a single clear marker of sex based solely on genetics. And the more research gets done in this area, the more diversity is discovered in the population. Um, and, and this is one of the things where we kind of have to have the tools to be able to find what we're looking for. Um, I don't know if you ever remember watching the movie Evolution, which was a weird David Duchovny sci-fi movie where they discovered this new <laughs> new weird kind of DNA with his with his community college science lab where it had three strands in the dna instead of two strands it's basically you can't find that because we don't have the technology to to discover that even if that was true so this is a technology thing the more advanced our technology gets the more things we can detect in genetics and other Mm. things Um, so New research into human sex chromosomes has revealed another layer of complexity. And as I mentioned in the intro, anyone who did biology in high school will remember, possibly, that there's a simple idea that women have two X chromosomes and men have an X chromosome and a Y chromosome. And this is what we're taught. And this is how we know that, you know, men is men and women is women. This is often held up as a simple identifier between the sexes and the reason men and women develop differently is mostly or partly due to the differences in those chromosomes. But, of course, the reality is not that simple and the almost 8 billion people on Earth are very likely to have a good degree of variation from the mean, which is important to understand from a medical point of view as well. So a recent study of men in the UK found a much higher rate of diversity in sex chromosome characteristics than they expected to find up to twice as much as they previously estimated so this study wow. yeah the, the 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 rate is much higher than they than they were looking for um the study was published in genetics in medicine on june the 9th it was called The Detection and Characterization of Male Sex Chromosome Abnormalities in the UK Biobank Study. Um, Clearly, we can see from that title that political correctness has not gone mad at genetics in medicine. I would say the differences are perfectly normal for the people they were found in, just different to what they might have assumed they would find. Um, I think maybe using abnormality when you're talking about people's unchangeable genetics is Mm. is a bit bit rough for the participants who are all anonymous as well so i guess that's Mm. one benefit for them but look it has been recorded before the small percentage of men in the population actually have variation on the standard x y chromosomes that we were taught about in school some men have a combination of x x y and some have a combination of x y y so they they have at least one version of the Y chromosome, just not the XY combination we were taught about. So, because sex chromosomes have an important impact on development, that ratio, the difference in the ratio, can also have an impact on development. And where these more rare versions are found, they have found some developmental uh, differences. So, People with the XXY combination have been found to accumulate body fat faster than others, for example. Um, They often have been found to have lower testosterone levels and often a higher occurrence of delayed puberty in people with the XXY chromosome combination. Uh, People with the XYY apparently grow taller and faster as children and into young adulthood but other health effects are relatively unknown, mainly due to the fact that nobody's looked into the connections before because they haven't measured this, the prevalence of these, um, these variations properly in the past. Um, so in the current study, the one that was published in, on June the 9th, uh, out of 207,067... Male-identifying participants in the study, who were aged forty to seventy years old, two hundred and thirty-one had the XXY variation, while 142 had the XYY variation of sex chromosomes.
1: Now, so like one in a thousand and one in two thousand,
2: respectively. Kind of yeah, or one one and a half in, or 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 yeah, yeah, you know. 3 in 2000 i guess maybe would be the yeah. right ratio when you're talking about humans um but um that that seems you know it, it's not a it's not a rare thing i mean i don't know what the medical definition of rare is but it seems like we probably have all met someone who falls into that category um but possibly due to the higher prevalence of health-related problems being identified as related to the XXY variation, 23% of those identified in this study already knew they had that variation. So because it's been related and linked to health problems, doctors go looking for it, and when they find it, they tell mm. they, they tell their patients that, oh, look, you've got this chromosome variation, and that may be causing some of your problems. Um, but... Uh, in the XYY group, only 07 percent of them knew they had the chromosome variation. So
0: I wonder if any of them found out through, yeah through twenty three me or ancestry.com and they got their sequences back and found it out.
2: Well yeah, it is possible. It, it, I'm not exactly sure how the genetic test for the variations would work. Um, because it's not necessarily mm. something they're looking for. They're usually looking for sequences mm. and particular genes and stuff like that. So that may not even show up whether it's an yeah. X or a Y or anything like that. But you, if you target it, you can obviously find it out. Um, and it, I just thought it was interesting that that only 0.7, and this is an issue, or 0.7% of the people who had the X, Y, Y, um, because there doesn't seem to be... Uh, obvious health problems associated with that um, variation Um, except growing taller when you're younger which you know if if you're a basketball fan not a problem Um, but you know (laughs) further research might find more links the more people or the you know the more people are tested for the variations the more they might actually find links with other health problems so maybe people will will, uh, learn more about it and and be aware that they are uh, you know, part of the, the diversity. But um, the, yeah, the, the reason I was interested in this story, it goes to show there's not really necessarily a simple genetic way to define the sexes um, that the XYXX dichotomy is not really a reality. Um, there are also women who have Y chromosomes in addition to their two X's as well. Um, there are women who have three X's and, uh, and not just two so so this sort of stuff it 's not it 's not a simple dichotomy of of male and female based on mm. genetics, and therefore the argument that sex is completely genetically based is not really a strong argument um, and I think the more technology we have, the more research we do into this, the more variation and the more diversity is likely to be found and become apparent in this field of of you know genetic research on humans
1: i've noticed that when um people kind of spout off on social media about our oh, science says there are only two genders xx and xy um those people are invariably never scientists and <laughs> um are not aware of what the science actually says that is that is true And that's it for another episode of Lost in Science. Lost in Science is recorded for 3CR in Melbourne on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and it airs across Australia on the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We would love you to get in touch with us. You can email us at lostinsci at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook where Lost in Science on 3CR, or on Twitter where we're at Lost in Science One. You can find us on your favourite podcast app where if you get the chance, please give us a good rating and review as that will raise us up in the search rankings so other people can find the science. Or you can listen to us however you listen to us now where at the same time, every week, Claire, Stu and Chris get Lost lost in science.
2: Science!
0: Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.